The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATEABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by UA, that's me, and my co-host, Michael Vargas. Michael's a dating coach who holds a master's in clinical psychology. And I, a former dating coach in New York, am now an active dater in San Francisco. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. 
You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. On each episode, we dissect a dating story, and today we have Mika. Hi, Mika. Hi. And she's super sexy right now. She's like channeling wow. sex. <laughs> <laughs> when your name is Mika, you just channel sex. So Mika, what's your story? I, I, I'd like to like start off by saying that I live in San Francisco and I absolutely love dating in San Francisco. I've been, I'm on like 24 dating apps, been dating online 24. dating. Yeah, I counted. Wow. But uh, lately, you know, I kind of go through all these phases in my dating life. And lately I'm really into dating outside of San Francisco. Like in Marin? <laughs> but lately my uh new city is portland so i love portland so not like a drive away we're talking about a flight away that's right yeah so you know some people they like travel for work but i travel for dating what really appeals to me is that they're not into the crazy app dating online dating thing quite like some other cities like san francisco it's kind of more of the city vibe everybody's like dating all over the place they've got a little bit more of that uh monogamous feel to dating more romantic how did you discover portland's dating well i discovered dating in portland when i was going up there for a weekend and i ended up on this incredible weekend trip where i went on three incredible dates in a row how did you meet these guys through the 24 dating apps that you're on <laughs> yeah <laughs> i chose uh okay cupid for that weekend to focus on oh good you got focus <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i actually have now a profile just for portland so i want to know why the guys in portland are so amazing well this weekend that i went up to oregon and i went on three incredible dates the first one was amazing the second one was phenomenal but the third one blew my mind <laughs> so this is all in the course of a weekend not a like weekend, a day right. okay. yeah it was thursday night friday night saturday night damn girl <laughs> all right yeah so my story is that on Saturday, when I was leaving my other date, we had gone rock climbing and it was a lot of fun, but I was just ready for the next episode in my OKC adventure in Oregon. So I was I was actually carrying this really big backpack because I thought like, oh, well, if I don't, you know, if the date's not that great, I'll just go camping or something. It was summer in Oregon. So I've got this big backpack with me and he tells me to meet him at a bar. There was this really great music, and when I walked in, right away, I saw him. He was standing there, and it was kind of like, you know how there's just some people that are just like, their energy's just really loud, mm. and you just, and you just like, there's all of a sudden, there's nothing else in existence. Mm. That's how I felt when I first walked into this bar. There he was. I feel like that's how I am with John Cusack. <laughs> if I ever saw him at a bar, all music would stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just like that. So I saw him and he was super attractive and I was immediately like so much like energy was happening in my body and I walked up to him and he was like nice backpack are you homeless 
<laughs> Is that a pickup line? <laughs> so, so anyway, we had this intense like sexual energy happening right away, even though, you know, the situation. So anyway, so we sit down and we are just like so infatuated with each other that I don't think we had any real conversation. It was just, <laughs> it was just like, you know, gibberish. It was like a visceral feeling. Yeah. So yeah. you had butterflies. Oh yeah. You were tingly down there. Yeah, which I love <laughs> because it's hard for me to get nervous on a date. Okay, so the date proceeds and then what happens? We talk and, you know, then, you know, we go to a dinner and we go somewhere else. And then, you know, finally he's kind of like, so, you know, uh, you know, he tried to be romantic about it. And he's like, you know, we could go and drop your backpack off. <laughs> at the shelter. <laughs> and then, and so anyway, we're at his house and it turns out his house is incredible. He like owns his house and he lives there by himself, you know, it's Portland. <laughs> so in very typical Portland, he's got his garden out back and it's this gorgeous garden. So, um, so, so he's like, you know, oh, we could go and like make a campfire in my garden. What? Exactly, does that happen in San Francisco? This is so Portlandia, it's not even funny. <laughs> so we go out into his garden and it's like super incredible and we've made this campfire and then all these things happen in the garden one thing that was like super memorable was he had he's telling me about his plants and you know how he uses them for the different dishes he makes because he was like a chef for like i don't know how many years and then one thing he does is he goes over to these amaranth flowers and he rubs he has me hold out my hands and he has them rub the petals and all these seeds fall out and then and he, oh, and oh, he blow the petals away and there's all these like shiny black seeds and he just like tells me to like keep them for later. And then it started to rain. Of course. <laughs> and then, and then we, he just kisses me. Fucking amazing. Because we're just out there in the rain and seeds in your hand. Yeah. So that was super incredible. And yeah, you know, I stayed the night there. Oh, you were planting those seeds, just planting those seeds. First date sex is not always incredible. No. Most so, of the time it's not. Most of the time it's not. So when you're able to have that physical chemistry and it's the first time you're meeting somebody, it's kind of like mind blowing. Yeah. Then I had to leave the next morning to go back to San Francisco. And I just totally thought that I would never see him again and kissed him goodbye and was just like so sad the the after story to that is that i ended up telling him about my maui retreat and he came along to my mm -hmm. retreat with me okay and that was also incredible nice. in its own way and we spent a week together after the retreat and um he doesn't really like to text so I haven't really seen him since. Wait, hold on. Back up. First of all, when you date remotely like that, do they know that you live in San Francisco? You know, I'm pretty mysterious when I date. Oh. So you don't, you really are homeless when you're dating. You're like, I could be anywhere in the world with my backpack. Just, I, I just say I'm on an adventure. So they don't, they have no idea if you live there or not. Well, I might tell them. I might tell them where I live. I don't tell many things on a first date. Do they ask? I, I guess they might ask that, but the thing is, like, there's so many things that happen on the first date. People are so nervous on a first date. 
people don't listen on a first date. It's true. And so, and so they might ask me, and I'll probably detour the question, or I might say, oh, I mm. love Portland. They come up here a lot. Oh, I love Portland guys, mm. or I'll just start talking about them. If you were to go somewhere else, would you um, ask him to come again? Like if you're going to, I don't know, a retreat in Florida or, Florida or something, would you have him come along? Uh, oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, I like him a lot. Because one of the things you're bringing up that I, I've heard from a lot of other people is sometimes we get these relationships in our lives that just that are for a particular purpose, mm-hmm. right? It's not like the end-all, be-all relationship, or it's not just a one-night stand. Totally. I think of all relationships, dates, every interaction I have in my life, like a little story. So like beginning, middle, and end, and it feels very complete. So whether that's like a first date, often when I go out on great first dates, I call them first date stands. It's just like a really great time. And then I maybe never want to see them again. Wait, but why? Well, um, you know, because that was just the amount of time that I wanted to hang out with that person. It was really interesting to meet them. Maybe I do want to see them again. But don't you want that to last? So it turns out, like, well, after the retreat, I was able to spend a lot of time with them. And then I was able to think about the, the things that, you know, I kind of have five values that I look for in a partner. And he actually didn't fulfill those. Um, oh. There's a couple of them. So I was like, oh man, this is such a bummer. What are the five? I want to hear them. Uh, so I look for a communication style that works well with me. I look for someone I'm really attracted to, someone that's very uh, physically active, because that's a big part of my lifestyle. Uh, someone that I have great polarity with. I'm, I'm like very feminine and I... I um, mesh well with more masculine types and having that polarity match Mm -hmm. and then the last thing is somebody who's ready to start a family so what was he missing so he is not ready or interested in in starting a family or supporting beyond himself when you date outside of your city what are your intentions um well my intentions when i go on dates are to have a great date Mm -hmm. that's my intention Mm -hmm. But what if that person's looking for something more? Do you feel like that's sort of misleading? Well, I'm looking for something more. But none of these people have fulfilled that yet. Well, I've had boyfriends before. (laughs) Well, right. But I'm talking about the recent ones. Well, I mean, um, I see them. Uh, Another one from from Portland just came down to visit me. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I don't feel like. I feel like anyone who lives in a city doesn't feel stuck to their city anymore. I, I feel like it's it's totally possible to just like yeah. live or have a relation or I mean date or have a relationship with somebody who lives somewhere else. That's the difficult. plus side of online dating. It really opens up your world, right? It does. And I have a lot of friends in San Francisco who import boyfriends or girlfriends, quote unquote. A lot of them like to date in Arizona. That's supposedly a very popular nice state. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you got to infiltrate that one. But you haven't given up on San Francisco. You're no. basically doing this in addition to dating in San Francisco. Well, right, 24 apps plus new cities. <laughs> That's a lot to juggle. I, I do just want to note that I, I do, I love, I love importing boyfriends. I actually imported my husband <laughs> here. So I already did that with your <laughs> husband. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm your ex-husband. Born. Yes, okay. my ex-husband. Yeah. So anyway, I'm a big fan of that. But I do love dating here. I mean, I'm here. I mean, it's, I feel like dating is for a lot of people here, especially me, integrated into my life. It's like everything I do, I bring a date. I almost brought a date with me here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing if we got a date, a first date. What is it that brings you to date so much? 
besides just really enjoying dating, I am an introverted person. And so I really like connecting one-on-one. So I think it works really well for me to find somebody who it looks like I'm going to have a match with and then spend some time getting to know them. And, but are you looking for consistency or are you just looking for awesome first dates? You know, some people just date for the sake of dating because it's fun, meeting new people. Oh, no, I definitely want a relationship. But what's going to make someone stick? Because I have a girlfriend in New York who's had over 5,000 matches on Tinder. Okay, I know this is just one app. Mm-hmm. But she she's now addicted to going on first dates. I mean, she'll mm-hmm. schedule three first dates in a day. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to the point where she's like, I don't know what I'm looking for anymore. Because I just have fun on these first dates. Rarely do they convert to second or third dates. Is there a point where going on too many dates gets a little too much? Maybe for some people, but I'm a super intentional person. I know exactly what I want. And I always, I always get that. For me is that I I remember for a while I was going on a bunch of different dates and it was just exhausting. Like it was like a, it was like a part-time job and I already had jobs. And it gets expensive for men and women. Personally, I just, bring the dates along into my life and this, mm-hmm. unless they can wow me with some date that they're going to plan. But I'm, you know, I just post on Facebook. I convert all my, um, all the good ones to Facebook. Convert them. It's like yeah. a funnel of our it a dating oh, funnel. Yeah. Well, I have a little filter of course for my, my online, uh, guys that I meet and want to send them to Facebook. That's part of the funnel. Apparently a lot of people don't do that. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, and then, so if I'm like going to Tahoe, I just post on Facebook Who's going to Tahoe this weekend? And what do you know? Ten different OKCupid guys from the past few years message me. I'm like, I'm going to Tahoe. You need a ride? I got a place to stay. Need to go grocery shopping? (laughs) (laughs) What you're doing, Mika, is you're seamlessly integrating these guys into your life. So you're actually not pausing your life to meet up with them. I mean, it's it's very rare that a guy can have this incredible like date idea that I'll like cancel my plans and like do the idea. But like generally I give them a couple hints and and give them, you know, let, let them try and share, have an idea, but generally they suck. And so I'm like, well, I'm doing this thing. And they're like, Whoa, that's cool. And so they just come along. So that's usually how it goes. Wait, Michael, I want to hear your opinion on this. What if you met a girl online, um, you want to go on a first date with her and she's like, Yo, I'm going grocery shopping. (laughs) Do you want to meet me at Safeway? I don't know. Like, I I think that kind of, it just seems as if, though, she brings me into, like, her errands. That (laughs) definitely doesn't sound exciting at all. Yeah, well, you haven't been grocery shopping with me. Oh, yeah. I think it's just more like merging, not really like I'm doing this thing, but it's like, hey, we both like to go rock climbing. Let's just decide to go together on Friday morning. And so, but that could be, you know, anyone, they could have a variety of different interests, but you just find kind of commonalities. I was talking to this guy in OkCupid the other day about this, about how I, and about how it's just, oh, these are the things that I like to do. And he's like, oh, look, we both like running. How about we do a running date? And I was like, okay, but we, but we have to start running and end the date running. (laughs) So we're just going to be running the whole time. That is like a great dating show where you like, you, you meet that. your first date is running and then you have the option to go off course. <laughs> uh, wh- what have I learned from Mika's stories? Apparently I need to go visit Portland. I've never been <laughs> Two, I think it's instead of getting, I think sometimes it's not so much about getting sick of dating in San Francisco, which a lot of people are just a little bit bitter about. Mm-hmm. It's once you feel like you're stuck in a, at a certain place, you're not happy 
you should just go venture out and come back feeling refreshed. Mm, you know, totally. it's not even about finding new people in Portland, let's say. Mm -hmm. It's about just having a fresh perspective yeah, once totally. you come back to the city. If you ever feel like, oh, I'm so sick of dating in San Francisco, it's not San Francisco the city, it's your mindset. Mm -hmm. Go refresh yourself, come back rejuvenated. And I, I also have a business plan or a business idea now where we just take a bus, you know, just like up the coast. <laughs> we just date <laughs> up the coast. <laughs> and people will drop off along the way when they find someone. In their backpacks. <laughs> In their backpacks. <laughs> and we'll all be on 24 dating apps. Go. Yeah. Can you name all 24 apps right now? Go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to count. OkCupid, Tinder. Hinge. Hinge. Bumble. Bumble. Clover. 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 <laughs> Salad good? match. Salad match. Tin dog. Coffee uh, meets bagel. Okay. Uh, plenty of fish, but they haven't opened that in a few years. <laughs> Whim. Be linked. Spooner. Wildfire. Happen. Jeez. Those are all the ones on my phone right here. That's fourteen. I have a I have a long list of them, but those are the the ones you, you prefer. What salad toss? Salad match. So if you're like me and you eat salad every single day, it matches you with other people that eat the kind of salad that you eat. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's wow. really incredible. Also, Raven. Um, <laughs> What's that? Uh, you're teaching me so much tonight. I haven't opened that one in a while. Oh, it's another location one. What was the one that you went to the launch of last Yeah, I went to a launch party last night for a new app called String. So you might want to download that one. String, you know, String. Okay. yeah. Do they say good things about it? Well, it's more like, they were saying it's more like eHarmony, but in an app form. So there's a lot of questions. So it's really about someone's profile before you see their full pictures. Let's go on our question of the day, Michael. Uh, so the question goes, a guy whom I thought was interested in me started to tell me about women he took home from bars and slept with. These women sound like unsavory bar sluts. My attitude has changed towards him and makes me think of him as less of a potential and more like he had an STD. Why do guys do this? Obviously, he'll never know what is going on in people's heads, but why would you ever tell a woman these kinds of stories, especially on a first date? Any guy who feels insecure enough to talk about his previous conquests on a first date is not a good potential suitor. I think that just says it all. I think there might be, he might be testing her. He might be testing her and seeing, you know what? I'm going to throw her a little bit of a curveball and I want to see how she responds to this moment and see if she squirms or if she could like actually stand her ground. But what's the test? What would make her pass the test? Does she handle that conversation or does she just like flip out? How would you react in that situation, Mika? Oh, I'd say, how was it? <laughs> Mika knows, see? Mika's then engaging in it a little bit more. And because she said that, now it like brings down the walls of like, all right, this chick is cool. So I just get really interested, especially on first dates with these new people. And so if somebody, you know, on a first date, if that's really what they want to share and talk about is these other girls they slept with, I would say, oh, that's really interesting. Is that something you're really into? You like taking home girls at bars? What do you like about that? Is, um, is there something about the sex? Is it different when you're, when you're drunk? In your, all your dating, have you encountered that before? Uh, no, I generally date guys that don't drink very much or go to bars. I usually like to date uh, very introverted guys, so. Uh, for what I've had for women do to me is talk about like their ex-boyfriend. Mm. 
Oh, ooh, yeah, y'all know that one, right? But what do they say specifically? I want to know. Like they, well, it depends. They say things like, "Oh my God, this guy was such a jerk." Like, yeah. it's so interesting to hear a woman talk about this guy that she was with, and she talks so angrily about him. And as I hear it, I'm thinking, "You're not over him." I Any totally disagree. Side. All right, I want to hear. I talk about exes, I talk about other guys I date, I talk about my life. I'm just somebody that really believes in sharing what's important to you and what's relevant and what's real and what's on your mind. And that can lead to really genuine interactions. And I don't see any problem with sharing about you've been dating or somebody that you dated or reminded you of a situation. Of course, if you uh, reflect to it like it was this horrible negative thing, then that's gonna turn the conversation negative. I have a I have a question for you, Mika, because I, I thought I heard earlier you said that you don't like talking about you for the first dates. Well, I, I usually get them talking about their exes. Oh, okay. You pull it out of them. You instigate that. Sometimes. I mean, in general, I am more interested in other people. I don't want to share a lot about myself until I feel safe to do so. Back to your point, Michael, I think it's all in the context of how you share your previous experiences with your ex, right? If someone's very negative about reminiscing about their their ex, they're obviously not over the ex, and two, they have issues that they need to get over. But if someone's just reflecting on a cool moment that they shared with an ex, or like they went some they went on this amazing trip, and their ex happened to be the person they went on the trip with, I don't think that's terrible. I agree with that one. Yeah, I mean. There are times where they talk about, oh, and then they just mention, oh, it was just this person I was dating and keep moving on versus harboring on how the ex would burn the toast every morning for breakfast. And it just made the whole apartment smell bad. And I couldn't stand the ex because they also left the socks all over the counter. And I don't know why socks were on the counter. You lost connection right there, like way back. The whole point is like having connection. So the second the person is talking about a story and the other person isn't engaged, there is no more connection. Yeah, when people are in their own world and as if though you're not really there. And so back to our question of the day, I would say to this person, if you encounter a guy who loves talking about his previous conquests, entertain him, be curious, ask him lots of questions, and just never see him again. Or get to the root of why he's doing it. What are his motivations for doing that? One of the things that people love, or uh, an expression that I really like, is to understand before being understood. So really to try to understand someone and why they're doing it before like trying to figure out, like, oh, you know, what's... Let me try to place a motive on this person versus discovering what the motive actually is. That's a very good point. All right, Michael, do you want to wrap this up? Hey, guys, don't forget to submit your stories. And remember, you can always be anonymous. We will always protect the innocent. And UA, I think you got a couple words for us. Oh, yeah. Stay dateable. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com.